Did you ever reflect on your own security in the cyber territory? When we talk about cybersecurity, this includes protection in the social structures of the internet. And that immediately shifts perspectives and possibilities. It is about protecting people from the violations of physical and mental integrity. Accordingly, security is a broader view than crime. Cybersecurity embraces more than cybercrime. Good to have you here. Corporate integrity, fraud, non-compliance, and cybersecurity. Would you like to understand the root causes, detect threats, and take measurements to protect the most precious assets? As a leader, you need to be prepared and stay actionable in the event of an incident. Sonia Sternemann talks in her podcast, The Human Factor. Corporate integrity matters. To leaders and entrepreneurs who want to have impact, foster corporate integrity, and act as role models. As an international expert for corporate governance and integrity, entrepreneur, and independent board member, she knows the challenges. Let her inspire you. Welcome back to this new episode of the podcast, The Human Factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. You might be an investigator, an auditor, an integrity enthusiast, a business leader, a corporate integrity council, or on your way there. I'm your mentor when it comes to corporate integrity with impact, founder of Corporate Integrity Concepts and the Corporate Integrity Academy. With the vision to protect and secure assets, reputation and actionability, yours and the one of your organization. Why? Because corporate integrity matters to all of us. And now let's talk about our own security in the cyber territory, knowing that we all have a different path behind and before us. And with these experiences, we face different situations. Some of us, like me, were raised without having access to the internet because in the 80s, normal users were not yet in the cyber territory. And especially the, that generation, the Generation X and the older ones, had and have to learn a lot. That awareness of the additional territory is important for the decision-making process of all players within our society, no matter what func function we have. Neglecting that it is another territory could have material impact, which is not always easy to correct without having or paying a high price. Therefore, I'm convinced that an increase in awareness protects not only on an individual, but also on an organizational level. So while I'm writing on my new book, The Cyber Territory plays an important part again as it already did in my first one. And I'm keen to bring as much practical use cases in as possible. And then that specific aspect of switching between the territories is of interest to build a solid framework to prevent, detect, and react, react to fraudulent behavior. When topics like cyber or security are taken up, the react reactions are often either it is done by our IT or We are not exposed. And another group reacts with silence. And for me, all these different reactions have its roots because for a lot of decision makers, it's not 
yet under control or they do not feel safe. So it's better not to talk about it. Maybe we will never be fast enough to have it under control. And therefore, we need a way how to deal with it. That is what I have decided for me in my different roles of being responsible for organizations in different functions, either as board member, CEO or advisor. So the better leaders and decision maker get along with uncertainty, the more comfortable our team becomes and the better they can focus on their responsibilities. And the territory of cyber is definitely a key area which needs to be on the radar of each leader and decision maker. If you are listening to my podcast also for the past episodes, you already know me a little bit. And what is so important to me, thank you very much for being here again. I highly appreciate every single listener and I'm convinced only together with you all, we can make the world a place of more integrity in business, but also in other areas of our lives. So coming back to to what I wanted to say before, I need to make it tangible always. So if I cannot explain it the way that a five-year-old understands, I must work on it. Then it's my fault. Therefore, an example of switching between territories, which is completely different, I bring you right now. When we travel... And yes, of course, it sounds like a bad joke because we, <laughs> when this episode will be published, we are still recovering from the pandemic and are not yet back to our travel freedom we used to have in the past. But we all remember how it was. Traveling means getting prepared to the place we go. Becoming familiar with the situation at a specific location. It involves, for example, the language, the culture, the currency, the food, the required documents to enter the country, and much more. We must also think about the potential new risks. So then you come up with a plan to adapt to that new territory you travel to, just by choice, because because you decided to go there and not because someone told you. And how do we behave when we decide to visit the territory of cyber? Which is in the meantime not new to us anymore. So it's not a new territory we enter. We enter that territory now for more than 30 years. And when we talk about cybersecurity, this includes protection in the social structures of the internet. It is about protecting people from the violation and fit of physical and mental integrity. That's what I said already in the beginning. Accordingly, security is much broader and needs to be seen in a much broader view than just crime. Cybersecurity encompasses more than cybercrime. So the absence of security begins where an individual suffers harm or is likely to suffer harm. The violation of physical or mental integrity. The interpretation of the violation of physical or mental integrity of individuals requires a more flexible approach. So if we focus exclusively on individuals, we miss out on those behaviors that are directed against organizations, companies, or society. My clients are, of course, individuals and usually part of an organization or company, but always of society. 
Examples of these are illegal transactions and the creation of criminal structures involving the underworld and legitimate economic activity, like money laundering by activities on the internet. These are the so-called victimless offenses, which is indirectly not true as the price and impact of money laundering is high for the entire world. And that is going to be another story and episode for the future. I also recognize that the terms cybersecurity and cybercrime needs more focus when it comes to the terms and definitions. Although cybersecurity encompasses more than cybercrime, the latter plays an important role in cybersecurity. There are various definitions of cybercrime in circulation, but no single one which all agree on. Nor is there an official conceptual framework for this type of crime. In one of my next episodes, cybercrime, with its manifestations in the form of patterns, will be embedded into an existing conceptual framework, the fraud tree. Because the pattern of cybercrime is key to be understood like we do with the different patterns of other fraud cases. There are several patterns of cybercrime and there's not just only one. We also work with different terminologies and categorizations with the following features becoming apparent. There are offenses which use ICT, so information and communication technology. And we can have look at it in a with different perspectives, with two different perspectives, for example. So the one is constituted by the, the, the end and tool, so we need it for hacking and spreading viruses. And the other one is, is executive, but not the aim, like e-fraud, for example. So in conclusion, cybercrime can be understood as an overarching concept for offenses in which ICT plays, plays an essential role. So we need ICT to conduct our fraud pattern. The, the two subcategories to be derived are cybercrime in the narrower sense, using ICT as an end and means and tool, and other sentences with which ICT is responsible for the execution but is not the goal as such. So what is the difference between the responsibility of ICT in the execution or the use of ICT as a tool? When ICT is used exclusively as a tool, we are not usually talking about cybercrime. For example, when a criminal uses Google Map or any other electronic provider of maps to find the petrol station for his next robbery, then ICT is exclusively used as a tool. Was it cybercrime? No, but ICT supported. The term cybercrime is used for those crimes that use ICT as a target and a means. So cybercrime in the broader sense will disappear to exist over time. As it is only the modus operandi of how an offense has been committed. The term cybercrime is neither used to explain a criminological classification of the field of study, nor to define the te technical procedures for committing the offense. So even criminal prosecution does not need this term for the punishment of the offenses, despite the inter internet age. 
In this respect, the term cybercrime does not clarify anything officially. Offenses should not be named according to the territory used. In our case here, it would be the cyber territory. This would otherwise mean that with every new technology or the use of tools to commit a crime, the taxonomy of crime would change. But it's not what we aim for. This means that we should understand the social relevance of information technology not from the technology itself, but from the social processes on which the technology is based on. So even if we are you even if computers are used, an economic crime is an economic crime, no matter what kind of tools we need. The focus from the means and tools used to the offense is relevant for the successful processing of cybercrime. Just as an example, reflecting on what I have outlined. The specialists of the English High Tech Crime Unit were already reintegrated into the Serious Organized Crime Agency, the so-called SOCA, in 2006. So thus, it was again possible to shift the focus away from the retools and towards the crime itself. So the excessive focus on technology blocks the view of social reality. So my personal conclusion is treating the, treating the territories as what they are is needed. We must ask ourselves whether we are prepared to it or not no matter if we are already traveling to this territory for a while or not, because that's what we do so for the cyber territory. Some of us do it for more than two or three decades. And having said that, I would like to invite you to the following take-home reflection in the form of a few questions. First, how does the territory I travel to look like? Second, what are the requirements to have a safe experience in that territory? Third, which of these requirements are in place and which ones not? It might sound easy, but do not underestimate the impact of these answers, especially the first one. How does the territory I travel to look like? Do we know our territory of cyber? Having involved decision makers, which means the board, the management and the experts, will complete the picture of the actual plan, strategy and journey. Also for the first question. So the implementation will be an ongoing process as the territory will evolve. And therefore, the last question is the one to secure your business. What are the measurements to be taken to protect and secure your vision, our vision, for example. Because our vision will include different territories these days. Weren't we also operating when we suddenly had doors instead of bags only, hundreds of years ago? With bags, tools such as lockpick were not yet necessary. With the introduction of locks, however, we did. The analogies can be continued at will and examples can be found everywhere. In this sense, cyberspace opens new possibilities with all the consequences, the upsides and the downsides. You know my opinion on this. The human factor is decisive whether a risk results in a gain or loss. And if you know me a little bit, 
you know, I also love gadgets. I love tech. And we have to find a solution and a way how we can combine it. For the take home or better take the office reflection, as always, you will find it in the show notes. And this was the episode number 16 of the human factor, Corporate Integrity Matters. Following the belief, corporate integrity secures and empowers individuals and organizations. Would you like to learn more, meet peers and getting qualified? So visit the website Corporate Integrity Concepts or Corporate Integrity Academy. Or do you think this podcast could be interesting for someone you know? Sharing is caring and we are always happy to welcome your peers to our community. And if you like this episode, subscribe and don't miss any of the future ones. The show notes are, of course, enriched with relevant information and your connection via any of the social media channels is highly appreciated and will be answered. Promised. And please do not forget, topics of your interest or interview partners are highly welcome. Just send me a note on any of the channels you know. That's it from my side. I thank you for listening. My name is Sonja Stiernimon and I'm your host. Stay curious, actionable and a role model. Take care and goodbye.